This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the Bowtie Bandit of Blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. Today, we're rounding with Dr. Karen Fritchie, an associate professor of laboratory medicine and pathology. And she's been, for many years now, the surgical pathology fellowship director at Mayo Clinic. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Fritchie. Thanks for having me. I am so thrilled to have you on today talking about medical education because I've seen you at our graduations and I just adore the way that you talk about your fellows during graduation and in the conversations we've had in the hallways. uh, It's clear to me that you really have a passion. You're really thoughtful about how you train your fellows to be pathologists. I thought maybe we can kind of kick off it, you know, as pathologists, uh, we have a lot of competing priorities that we're dealing with and trying to manage. And um, why is mentoring residents and fellows uh, consistently a high priority for you? When I was a bone and soft tissue fellow in Cleveland, I remember, you know, one of the first days I I was uh, on service, I walked into um, John Goldblum's office and he's one of the soft tissue pathologists there. And um, he said, you know, whenever you're ready to look for a job, whatever you need, just come and stop by my office. And, you know, that always kind of resonated with me. He was available the whole year for questions, whatever I would email him, he would immediately get back to me. Um, So he kind of set the stage as to what a good mentor can be. And throughout my career, he's actually provided speaking opportunities for me, helped me get involved in USCAP. And all those things have just you know, really been great for my career. And even to this day, he'll just check in on me every once in a while. And, you know, that just means the world to me. So I think I've been on the kind of the receiving end of good mentorship. And I've seen what a positive impact it's made on my life. And once I got here, I was paired up with a GI pathologist for a mentor, just, you know, kind of as uh, part of the, the department here. And he gave me great advice too about, you know, how to network with colleagues at other institutions and how to build friendships and relationships that way. And all those things have just really had a huge impact on my career. And without those, I I definitely wouldn't be here today. So um, again, I've been on one end of that mentorship uh, spectrum. And I I think it's really important to try to model that behavior for future generations. So they, you know, become great pathologists, but also learn how to mentor. Because I think mentoring is something that sometimes it's hard to teach. It's more just you you pick it up along the way. So um, I've just been very lucky in my career. I really love, I think that the learners and students that are listening right now, I think they can take away from your answer really the importance of always, if you don't already have a mentor for you, it's really important to seek one out. And also, I, I think you're exactly, I agree 100% about, you know, this is really a skill that gets learned through practice. So I think probably for us to kind of prioritize this is probably equal parts paying it forward as well as developing our own uh, skill set. As you were talking through there, it seemed like there were several things, right, where your mentor was making you aware of maybe aspects that you need to focus on that maybe if you didn't have that mentor, you might not be aware of. And, and so it kind of goes back to a lot of times as educators, I think that there's things that are not transparent to our learners. And, and I'm curious, what do you wish that all the residents and fellows that you, you teach uh, really understood about the process of their training? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I think it's an interesting question. Um, 
I guess I wish they know that learning is is kind of a two-way street. You know, I can sit behind the microscope and talk about the cases and, and try to teach them as much as I can, but they have to put in equal effort. They have to come to sign out prepared. I really preach independence and ownership of cases when I tell the fellows at the beginning of the year, you know, this is what this program is about, because I think the sooner you take ownership of your cases, that's just going to set you up for success in the future. And it makes my life more fun as an educator, because if somebody's unprepared or doesn't really challenge me at sign out, it's kind of like playing a tennis match with somebody that's not really hitting the ball back to you and you're kind of just stuck there. So I think sometimes trainees think that I should be able to teach, just, you know, rattle off everything they need to know, but really they need to come prepared and, and ready to ask questions and challenge me. These are hard cases and they're subjective and there's gray area. So I want them to challenge me at sign out and I want it to be a kind of a, a, a two-way street rather than me just passing along information to them. Are you ever in the situation where, I mean, I, I understand kind of on day one, giving a little bit of orientation. I imagine sometimes some people, some of us, uh, myself probably included, can slip as time goes on. How do you kind of readdress that with folks where maybe somebody started off on the right foot, but then maybe they're starting to show up, not really taking ownership of those cases. How do you kind of readdress that with a learner? I think I just kind of have a more or less an honest conversation and say that, you know, it's kind of my uh, expectation that, you know, I think you're going to get more out of this experience if you, you know, come prepared and, and, um, you know, in our, um, even up to last week, I was telling a trainee that you, know, you can go back and check your reports in PathDX and see how we've changed things. And so I just kind of remind them of the tools that there are to help them really kind of, again, take ownership of their cases and follow through on their cases. For more laboratory education, including a listing of live conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit news.mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education. I'm hearing this message of really for them to continue to be uh, vigilant about deliberately preparing for a sign out. And if we're to flip on the other side for a second and say, you know, you as, as a pathologist, you are not stagnant in your education. Mm -hmm. and I'm curious, how do you make sure that your education, you're still uh, becoming a better pathologist uh, today than you were yesterday? I think keeping up with journal article articles is really important. I always have high expectations of myself to read articles, but I'd always kind of slip behind. So I think things like Journal Club help to do that. I also try to get involved in review articles when I can in my own area of specialties. And that really forces me to kind of dig back to the literature. But I think it's hard these days. There's a lot of information coming from different sources and you just have to kind of find your own system that works find a journal or two that you, that you trust and uh, just trying to hit the highlights every month. I think as I hear you talking about the struggle, and then you also mentioned the idea of the role that journal clubs can play. I think sometimes the, that the residents and fellows may not necessarily appreciate how important that is for those of us uh, in the consultant or attending chair to 
continue to learn uh, what the field of, of practice is, is where it's headed going yeah. forward. Yeah, we used to, for uh, Search Path Fellowship, we have a monthly journal club. And yeah, yeah, you're right. I think sometimes the fellows might not appreciate it. But for me, it's great because I go there and everybody's summarizing an article. So I get the whole, you know, volume of AGSP in an hour summarized by the fellows. So I think it's a it really is a great way to keep up on the on the literature. Yeah. So we're getting now as we record this, this is uh, late November going into December. So we're in the holiday season. So uh, if we were to give you uh, one magical wish <laughs> for some medical education wish that could come true, what would it be and why? My wish would be to have more time, I think, especially for education. There's so much I want to do, but time seems to be the, the limiting factor. Uh, putting together study sets and uh, lectures and just even spending time with the trainees. It just, when you're super busy with casework, sometimes it, that kind of slips through the cracks. So if I could have one wish, I think it would be to have maybe an extra hour or two in the day to uh, just devote to teaching. I hear you. That, <laughs> that resonates mm -hmm. with me. Have there been some things that you've done that's that's helped you been more successful at having that dedicated time or setting aside that time? I know that as pathologists, one of the challenges we don't have usually blocked on our schedule. I mean, even if things are blocked at our schedule, we might get a, a page for something that we have to deal with. But are there any strategies that you've kind of found to have some success? Yeah, I mean, for me, I try to, you know, I try to be as academic as possible, but it's hard to find time during the week to do projects. So I usually try to make a little list at the beginning of the week of, of just tiny things I can get done Monday through Friday, like maybe work on an IRB or pull slides. And then on the weekend, I can come in and get more of the, the project done. But I just, during the middle of the week, I just try to, you know, fit in little things here and there. And those little things add up by the end. So I try to multitask as much as possible and be organized. And, and again, during the week, just have a, a small set of goals of what I want to accomplish. And then once I get to the weekend, I have, you know, more time set aside to, to get a lot of the bigger work done. I see. It's a neat way to kind of fit it all together. Final question, I, I always like kind of figuring out what surprised you most in your journey so far as a pathologist? I think what surprised me most is probably how much I enjoyed being the Surge Path Fellowship Director. I remember when uh, Dr. Salomo asked me to take over Usually I make a decision pretty quickly, but this decision I took a, a long time because I just wasn't sure I wanted to, to take this on. And I finally decided yes. And it was probably one of the best decisions I've made in the past 10 years. I just never thought I'd enjoy that role as much as I did. Um, it really gave me a great opportunity to interact with the fellows and really create long-term relationships. I mean, every year, I mean, I more and more fellows I you know, kind of keep in touch with. They help me network and find jobs for new fellows. And it's just, it's really a rewarding experience seeing, you know, the fellows start at day one and then kind of mature throughout the year. So, and finally, it's given me a voice in the department. I've told everybody that I trained outside of Mayo. So I kind of always felt like a little bit of an outsider, but once I was the fellowship director, it really gave me more power to make change in the department. So it really gave me a voice. So it was definitely the best, best decision I've made. And that kind of surprised me. So. Oh, wonderful answer. You've been rounding with Dr. Karen Fritchie, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk about medical education and, and share your passion with us, Dr. Fritchie. Okay, thanks. <laughs> if you've enjoyed Lab Medicine Rounds podcast, please subscribe. 
We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email. Please direct any questions to mcleducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect the lab medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations. Mm -hmm.